named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Agency Podcast. My name is Mark I'm joined by Sam Hunter. Sam, how are you, my friend? Good morning, Mark. Hello, listeners. Uh, very well. Thank you very much. Uh, it is, what, Tuesday morning, bright and early, coffee in my belly. There's not a lot wrong in the world this week. I met... Uh, probably like a handful of uh, friends from the internet on Friday night at the Asians giving ball. I discovered that everybody is much taller in real life than they are on zoom, uh, which was <laughs> mildly depressing thought. I thought to myself, I need to buy some shoes that have got a bit of lift in them uh, for the next one that I go to. Cause I swear I was literally the shortest person in the entire room. Uh, but it was, it was really nice to sort of uh, be in a room full of actual people um and actually sort of connect and shake hands with people that i feel like i know um but i've never actually met in real life which is such a strange thing and i think that was that was the real common theme of it was like you look so different to your linkedin picture was sort of the one thing that i heard almost everybody say to everyone else but lovely event a lot of cool people um good cause um and home by five past twelve which was nice yeah and i'm sure that um most good estate agents are short, aren't they? There's a number of estate agents that I know that are, that are pretty short. Me and you are a bit vertically challenged, if I'm being perfectly honest. We are. So, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, most uh, most estate agents are short. Most good estate agents are short. Anyone that's got a problem just have to, you know, maybe leave a review with the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the thought of today's podcast if you disagree with that statement. You've got to be short to be a great estate agent, yeah. Um, I bet it was. I bet it was um, nice to meet all of those people in person that you've spent a lot of time getting to know, albeit virtually, over the last 18 months. We meet a lot of fantastic agents on this podcast that are from different parts of the country that, you know, it would be nice to um, talk to and meet up with on a, on a regular basis. So I bet that was um, really advantageous and raising money for a great cause as well, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, I don't know exactly know how much was raised on the night, but it would have been well into the 20,000s plus, I think wow. um, a lot of auction items going off. Uh, there was a, there was a three days at Foxton's experience where you could s- sit in the back room of Foxton's and sort of listen to how they operate their business. And that was literally for me, the most exciting thing that was on that because whatever you might be thinking about Foxton's when you listen to this, they've got a very systemized and processed business. Um, and there's probably a hell of a lot I could learn. There was stuff there like spa days and everything. And I was the weirdo sitting in the corner getting excited about three days in an estate agency. I didn't win, unfortunately, uh, but maybe I'll, I think I remember who won. Or maybe I'll message him and be like, can you sneak me in for one of the days or something like that? Maybe, maybe message him, get him on the podcast afterwards if you'd yeah, be happy to share. Because well done. I, bet, I, bet there are, I bet there are so many learnings from an experience like that. And when you first said that, I was like, why would someone? But actually, you're right. You know, a brand that most estate agents might not like, but could certainly look up to and, and learn from. So, mm. yeah, wow, what a fantastic um, prize to, to, to win. And you know, fair play to Foxton's for um, donating it as well. Absolutely. So before we sort of get into today, you were saying to me before we hit record, uh, you're in a bit of a good mood, you know, doing a little like jig around in your seat. You were saying that you feel like, was it nine months of hard work is starting to pay off now? Yeah, I feel like we're in a really good place as a business. Um, I suppose you could say nine months, uh, two years, potentially, if you include what was done um pre-pandemic we've done an awful lot of work and um we've had that campaign calendar that we talked about and i've shared it with um, a few people who've reached out on social media um to me over the last week as well on that so that feels like it was a big um improvement to our business but we've also sort of really pushed into the top end of the market so it just so happens that probably three months of work working on three properties that will all actually be launching this week. So we're launching at least four and a half million quid's worth of property this week, which for us in Preston is massive. Um, two at 1.25 million, one 
at two million, which I think is going to be the most expensive property ever listed um, locally. And we've done some really cool video work that I'm really excited to. Well, I'll share it with you once um, once it's finalised, probably later today, and then share it when we launch it towards the end of the week. But it does feel like we've been at the grindstone hard um, this year, and it's nice to actually have those high-ticket items to you know, feel like it's a bit of a reward for, for the hard work because in this business, patience does pay off and you know, hard work does pay off as well. So um, we've not sold them yet, of course, but... Um, we have sold numerous in that top um, end of the market. And actually, I think that top end of the market locally is in a really good place at the moment. Um, we talk about maybe the market hardening slightly, but at the top end, we're seeing a lot of buyers, more buyers um, over a million and over certainly over 750,000 that we've ever seen. Um, so, yeah, it feels um, really positive. And in addition to that, we've just signed up two new property partners who we're going to launch in November. Um, so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good a good start to the week. We're only one day in, I suppose. Um, but Tuesday is always my favourite day because we can go in and it also gives us a bit of an opportunity to analyse. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to what the rest of the week brings. Does make a difference having a, a, a really solid start to the week, doesn't it? I, I got home yesterday um, and I didn't get home till about quarter past eight last night. And Lissy was like, you're home late. How's your day? And I said, you know what? Usually when I get home late, it means that I feel like I've done no work. It's been sort of meeting after meeting and then I've gone, right, I've got to clear what's urgent in my inbox. I've got to make myself actually feel like I've done something today. And yet yesterday was one of those days where time just seemed to pass quite quickly. There was very little uh, stress, I guess. Um, you know, I, I, I felt like I was doing more, um, less reactive work and I was getting through what I wanted to do Everybody, no one was late to any sort of meetings or pitches or anything like that. Good questions were asked of me. I ask good questions back. And then you do, you get to the end of the evening. You think, right, that's Monday ticked. What tomorrow's going to yeah. bring? And you're right, Tuesday is the best day of the week, every single week, hands down. Um, and it's because we do podcasts and it's because we have guests like we have on today. And hopefully everybody, when they listen to this on Wednesday, maybe Wednesday is their best day of the week as well. Yeah, yeah. And you, I, funnily enough, I had a very similar evening yesterday. I went for a run, set, set a new PB for my 10K, which I was very happy about. Well went done. for a run, got back, and thank you. And um, my wife said to me, oh, what are you doing? Are you, are you going to bed? And I was like, no, I've got to do a bit of work, actually. She was <laughs> like, well, it's half nine. I was like, yeah, but I've just got stuff that I haven't finished. And then it did keep me awake a little bit last night, if I'm being perfectly honest. But it wasn't the stressful things that were keeping me awake. And of course, when you're an estate agent, there are always stressful things going on. I've got a sale that could potentially fall down, but actually it wasn't that that was keeping me awake. It was the exciting part of launching all of these properties. So I didn't mind that too much. Um, and yeah, like you say, when you have a good Monday, hopefully you then go on and, and have a good week, which um, we're, we're hopeful um, to do. But with talking about the market and um, sort of where we are, isn't that a good a good opportunity now just to maybe segue a little bit? Let's introduce today's guest and then um, we'll get back together afterwards to um, to review what we discussed. Let's do it. We're joined today by a man who uses reviews to gain consumer data and insights to help his customers grow and retain their market share. He's a former Right Move alum. He says he's been winging it for 20 years and he now spends his days helping agents understand what outstanding customer experience really results in at the Estes. Ben Marley, the regent of reviews, welcome to the World Class Agency podcast. Thank you very much. The first time I've uh, uh, been thrown a regent in my name there, but I'll, I'll take it. Thank you. You're very welcome. Nice, nice bit of alliteration there, Hunter. Well done. Um, ben, we've, we've, changed, we've changed things up now. So first things first, what does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? Oh, great question. So uh, I've listened to a few of these just to kind of see what everyone else was uh, kind of saying on it. And uh, it's quite interesting because as a supplier, I probably take a slightly different stance on it than maybe what, what an agent would. And I was thinking about, about this over the last few days, just thinking like, you know, what what does it really look, look like? And to me, I prefer to try and think like a consumer rather than an agent with this. So um, yeah. world-class agency to me is where an agent or a business 
puts the consumer at the forefront of what they're trying to achieve. So give, give an example, um, when I speak to uh, agents as a supplier, and I have done um, obviously in, in, in various different uh, roles, whether it be portals or, uh, or, or reviews, a lot of agents say to me, what will this do for me? What would this do for my business? My counter to that is always, what would this actually help your customers with? And I think if you can get that right, if you can actually say, do you know what? If we do this, this will help our prospective customers or this will help our existing customers. I think you're going to go on the right path to uh, starting to, to really working towards what world-class agency looks like. Can we go maybe a little bit deeper into that question? Um, the reason why we started asking this question first rather than last was because actually it's the most interesting answer, right? And everybody has... Uh, there are people that will say they put the, the customer at the front or this really good service, whatever it might be. But sure. when you go the next level down, that's where the differences start to appear. And that's where everybody gains a little bit more value. So I'm an agent, I'm putting the consumer at the forefront of what I'm trying to achieve, you know, talk us through uh, that process in your mind, how that would work. What are some sort of customer first or consumer first activities, initiatives that you see working out there? Sure. I mean, you know, and again, it's probably coming at more, more from like the, the, the supplier perspective and actually thinking about suppliers out there and what, what they're offering. And, and one that kind of immediately sprung to mind, maybe something like a Matterport offering, you know, or, or a 3D virtual tour. Yeah, it's cool to win it, you know, to help, help you win business for your vendors. But actually it's your buyers that actually really gain some insight into that, which in turn your buyers are helping your, your vendors, you know, and I actually think if you can um, just, just trying to you know, streamline processes, there's, there's loads and loads, loads of stuff out there. I almost don't, don't want to name drop too many uh, suppliers out, out there just in case I single a few people out or not, but you know, that there's, whether it be in, in, in the lettings in industry uh, as well, you know, where there's a lot of stuff that, that, that goes on behind the scenes, you know, it's very much kind of a, a bit of an iceberg um, sort of sub-industry, isn't it, in terms of that people only see the, the very tip and it's it's everything else that happens underneath that, uh, that that is then kind of making that end piece really, really excellent. That, uh, that I think that that's when you're putting the, the customer at the, at the forefront of your uh, business, really. I, th I think you're absolutely right. I think if we can think like a consumer, then that's going to help us deliver the world-class service that we're all striving to. But I thought it was really interesting when you said within your answer there, Ben, as a supplier, you get the question from agents, how will this help our business? And you sort of reframe it and ask, well, let's look at how it will, will help your consumers. What sort yeah. of reaction do you get when you do challenge agents like that? I'm really interested to know, is that sort of them thinking, well, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, or is it complete, completely different? So what sort of reactions do agents give you when you do sort of challenge them like that? Yeah, mo mo most uh, agents will be sort of nodding and agreeing with me, going, oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, some will be sincere when they say that. Others will be like, Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, because at the end end of the day, uh, you know, I I'm very acutely aware that agents are being contacted by a lot of people daily, weekly, monthly about new services that are, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna use the, the cliche phrase game changing to their business, and 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 they're probably told that, that the worst line that any supplier could ever hit an agent with of you only need to sell one more property and that will cover the cost of this for the year. And it's like, oh man, you know, it's just, it's like, like the worst line ever, you know? And, um, uh, and I think that when agents are kind of almost feel like they're not being sold to per se, in terms of going, this is why, this is how it's going to help you. It's almost going like, no, no, no let's, let's actually park that. Let's talk about how this is going to help your customer. I actually think it gets get pretty much uh, is, is more, more well received because it's actually now thinking about how it's going to really help their customer rather than helping them directly. And I think if you can kind of get that right when, when you are talking to an agent, it normally does get pretty well received. 
I think actually one of the one of the questions that we ask a lot of agents when they come on this show is like, what do you do or what do you say to be different from your competition? And actually, if you were sitting opposite somebody at their dining room table and you were all talking about Right Move, Zoopla, Matterport, etc., and and you actually say, well, one of the reasons that we're different is that we actually help the people that are coming through trying to buy your house. So we put them and you at the forefront. So we'll get their questions answered probably before they even ask them or prepare something that's going to give them all the information on your home to make their decision a hell of a lot easier. And it is that by almost putting that service for everybody, maybe not just, you know, there's a, there's a line between client and customer and estate agency. Uh, and some people blur that line. Uh, some sellers feel like you have to be rude to the buyers because you're the agent and you're representing them and that's what you do. But actually I think it's a real point of difference to say, we're going to make sure that we make them confident and comfortable in everything that we do up front. Um, and that, that is, I think, along the lines of what you were saying, or I've completely just bastardized it. No, no, it's, it's absolutely right. Um, the, I, I almost uh, don't want to come across like I'm just uh, uh, slanging uh, some, some of the comments that have been said to me over the years, but, you know, a lot of agents do sometimes uh, just say, well, unless someone pays me, they're not my customer mm. and you're like man you, you could not be more wrong because that buyer that tenant will have a friend a, a family member even them in the future could be that person who's paying you and it's kind of like if you are not you know if, if you had a fantastic buying experience through an agent and then you know an agent never digs into someone's personal circumstances some that they might not know that they've also got a buy to let property as well you know and and just because you're buying off someone doesn't mean that they may not become a paying customer of yours in in the future it, through through various circumstances you might have a family bereavement that all of a sudden you're you're now in charge of um selling a family member's property you know if you've had a pretty shitty buying experience where you're just kind of thrown to the back of the pile in terms of going, well, you're not paying us. We're not going to you know, treat you with the same level of courtesy. Well, not, not courtesy, but Johnny, I mean, we're not going to give, give you the same level of attention as, as somebody who's paying us. Well, you, you're just not shooting, you know, you're shooting yourself in the foot, aren't you, from the out, outset? Absolutely. Um, on the note of, of world-class then, um, and I'll ask you this from a professional perspective, could you consider yourself world-class if you're not getting a review at the end of uh, a dealing with somebody <laughs> good question uh i, I was wait, waiting for how long the uh, the, the review thing might, might come up um <laughs> so are you world-class if you don't get get reviews at, at the end oh, oh, difficult to say isn't it because obviously you know i think as again thinking like a consumer consumers expect to be able to leave feedback at the end of any experience and you know like recently took my car into um to have a, a brake fluid change i i was then given the opportunity to give feedback to the dealership and then the manufacturer directly and ironically it didn't actually have the greatest experience so i was very <laughs> i was kind of waiting on that uh feedback to to come through but it cost me 120 quid for that little inspection. You know, if, if I've just given my three million pound house and for the record, I don't have a three million pound house in case anyone's going to pick up on the fact why are you charging me X for Esther's that you live in a three million pound house. Yeah. I don't for the record. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> um, the, you know, at the end of the day, anyone's property is their biggest asset regardless of, of the value of it. And if we're spending sometimes less than five quid on Amazon, you're asked to give feedback. Consumers expect to be able to give feedback. They expect to be able to read feedback. So as a business, if you are not firstly collecting, but also be promoting, I think you're just massively missing a trick. Because if you're not, do you know what? Your competitor probably is. And it doesn't matter which end of the market you're working in, they're all doing it. And if you're not doing it, it's a massive slice that you've just missed out on. I think it's a really good point. And actually, I've never thought about the expectation of giving feedback before. So that's one of my key takeaways. But do you think as a business, it's better to think of reviews as that, just as feedback to help you just double down on your strengths and 
to highlight any weaknesses rather than thinking, oh, we don't want to send them uh, the opportunity to review us because actually it might be a bit negative. Sure. Uh, probably the biggest question that gets asked to me on every single time, Mark, to be honest, is like, well, we only, we're only going to send this to people we know have had a positive experience. And it's like there's so much... I th well, th there's two two things on that. One is that there is the learning from people that may not have had the best experience that may not be of the fault of the agent. It could be that there was a challenge throughout the, the after sale, that the conveyancing process or the chain, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe someone's pulled out, you know, um, and that your customer may not be feeling that they've had the most positive moving experience, but people still expect to be able to give feedback. So I would really encourage people to be able to do it one so that they can, uh, first of all, learn, you know, I had an agent and I'll, I'll give you one, one quick anecdotal uh, feedback. And I, I worked with this agent back in like 2016. And I still remember this review literally word for word um, that, that they got. They had, they were one branch agent down in Hastings and they had about 80 positive reviews in their first three months and they had one two-star review and I actually used to and I used to use this as an example um, with prospective customers I was talking to saying that I actually felt that this was the best review that they had and uh, the review that they had the agent came on uh, sorry the, the the customer came on it was a buyer ironically in the same a transaction the seller had given a five-star glowing review but the buyer came on and said we found them to be pushy which alienated us our agent and our solicitor the agent then came on with the uh, obviously option to to respond to to review to the uh, review in question and they basically just said very politely you know thanks for your feedback really appreciate the, the time that you've taken to, uh, to to give us this this review um all feedback is welcomed and we you know appreciate anything that, that uh, is said uh, however i hope you understand during your transaction of the seller's time restraint where they were purchasing a property in scotland and there was a, a particular time frame that we had to work to and we and we did what we did to ensure that your sale went through and that you were able to secure the property that you actually wanted hope you're happy in the new home yada 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 kind of thing so if you were a um, if, if they hadn't responded to that review, you would have just gone, oh, I don't want to work with them. They sound pushy. Oh, that's, that sounds horrendous. Da -da. Actually, that was one person's opinion. And then there was the other side of the coin where the agent has then had the opportunity to come on and say, we did what we did. Really sorry that, that you felt like that, but we did what we did to ensure that you were able to uh, get into your property in that timescale to ensure that that didn't fall through so i think that having the ability to respond but in a constructive manner that allows you to demonstrate i don't want to say defend your actions but it, it, it allows you to be able to understand uh on, on that is, is is really key um but also if you don't ask people for feedback and you know that they've had a bad experience for whatever reason at all do you know what? They're probably going to make a right song and dance and go onto social media. They're going to tell all their friends and family because they haven't had that opportunity to vent their, their, their frustrations, if you like. And that's when it can really just spiral out of control. Hmm. The, that's a, well, one. I think that was a really useful story for anybody who's ever got <clears throat> a review that they would be less than enthusiastic about. Um, one to to comment on it so that there is a public record of your side of the story but actually i think there's a real lesson in communication there because um rightly or wrongly that agent and their client didn't tell each other how they were feeling and why they were doing what they were doing throughout that process and actually if if, if they said we're going to be pushing pretty hard at the start of it because you've got to be in scotland for this date and this is the reality of what we've got to do and it's going to feel uncomfortable but we're going to get you from A to B and that's why we're doing our job. Then that review changes immediately to, they told us they were going to get it done. They got it done five stars, you know? So for, sure. for anyone that's sort of listening to this, when you've got that time pressure, it all just comes down to communication and expectation management and making sure that both sides of any transaction, including the solicitor, right? It's like a, a transaction is not a, 
piece of paper where there's a buyer on one side and a seller on the other and you're sort of the thin line of paper between the two right it's this weird nonsensical shape where there's loads of different parties with varying levels of responsibility and pressure throughout it and unfortunately your job is to like race around that shape and make sure that everything ties together and if you're not telling everyone what you're up to and why you're up to it then it results in situations like this i think they handled it as best they could but i think for anybody that's going to find themselves in a similar situation responding to the negative reviews hopefully the last resort and you can set it up to avoid it better in the first place Absolutely. It allows in that um, instance, it just allows you to provide the context and perhaps that agent, we'll move on in a, in a minute. We don't want to keep analysing this agent from 2016, but it, perhaps they did just view, it goes back to what you said right at the start then, that maybe they just viewed their client as their client and the buyer didn't get the, um, the communication that, that Sam talked about. But um as far as reviews go, in your opinion, how and when is it best that you ask for a review as an agent? Yeah, great, great question. Um, there is no right answer to that. And um, at, at the risk of sounding like, like a politician, uh, just batting it away and uh, trying to come up with something else. Um, the, the reason I say that there is no, no right answer is that there's actually multiple stages of a journey of which people should be collecting feedback um not not that this is designed to be a, a promotion but it's actually something that, that we at the essays are about to launch is, is like a whole customer journey feedback program um because if you think like when we're saying feedback or we're saying review like people think of a review being like a trip advisor i stayed at this hotel or i went to this restaurant how was my experience etc cetera, etc cetera, kind of thing but a lot of companies, not just in estate agency, in, in other industries, will actually be collecting feedback throughout the journey because they want to understand how the customer is experienced, how the customer is feeling at, at a process. If you think about a, a, a buyer or a seller, when they first come to engage with an estate agent, that could be anything from a three-month to a 12-month journey that has potentially a 50-50 chance of it actually being a successful transaction once they first engage with that agent. If you are only collecting feedback at the very end of a transaction, what you're doing is you're really limiting the amount of understanding that you about your processes and about how your customers are feeling at various stages of your journey. Whereas what some businesses are doing uh, is that they're now going, right, okay, even if it's like like quick sense check stuff, mm. you know, um, a lot of people are now starting to, and, and again, it's not, not just in agencies, it's in a lot of industries that people are just doing, you know, how are we getting on, how are we doing? You know, our, in, our industry is arguably one of the longest transactions that anyone's going to go through. And to only collect feedback right at the end of a journey is going, well, look, do you know what? There's been so many different touch points and so many different stages throughout that journey. If you're getting good feedback, but actually there's been bumps along the way, or maybe there's the, the process isn't quite ironed out, but the end result's good, then actually imagine if your processes were maybe, maybe more streamlined or that you were able to understand more about what your customers were saying at different stages of that journey to go, do you know what? We're, you know, people are currently rating us 4.5 on average at the end of a journey. However, down here, it's like four. So if we change something earlier on, or if we look to how we can improve this, then actually our 4.5 becomes 4.6, 4.7, et cetera, et cetera. And actually it will help a business to understand how they can really improve on their own processes throughout that sort of, you know, long journey i think that's a really useful point is is to have those check-in points and we, we were talking whether it was last week or the week before about sort of setting up at the point of valuation uh, sort of like campaign calendar so it runs you through when we're going to do the photos when we're going to launch the property when we hope to receive offers how long it's going to take to negotiate those offers when we're going to put it under offer when we stop viewings what will a best case conveyancing process look like you know and you make it realistic but actually you have little check-in points along the way within that. And adding that in there is just another like f completely free 
um, but very powerful tool to differentiate yourself and actually streamline this communication to make sure that at the end of the process, you, you are going to put yourself in a position to get some excellent feedback as well. But one question I was quite keen to ask you, and I promise I'll stop uh, asking about reviews in a second, but I think there's a bit of like you being from the Estes side, there is a push on people to get reviews out there. They are a point that people leverage to mm -hmm. like win new business and to attract the right Excellent. clients into them. Right. So, but I think that there's probably a skill in asking for a, a really solid review. So like you've been doing this for a while, winging it for 20 years, you said, but actually <laughs> I think you're, you know, reasonably good at what you do. Um, how, how or when, how do you ask for a great review? So I would try and not ask for a great review um, because I think if you're trying to influence, I've, I've actually done a training session with a group of uh, agents before and their part of their criteria was how do we ask for a five-star review? And I was like, well, you, first of all, you don't ask for a five-star review because I say you don't want to be trying to influence a customer's decision. You know, if it's more of going, okay, how do we generate more feedback? How do we get our customer, how do we get more of our customers to convert and actually leave us a review? I think it's, it can often be a, how you've positioned it right at the very beginning of that customer journey. So are you talking about your customer service? Are you talking about your customer reviews? Are you showing people your customer reviews? Are they even visible? You know, um, because quite a lot of times I've spoken to agents who, you know, they, they tell me that their, their service is first class, that they are, you know, they put the customer at the heart of everything that they do. Feedback is really important to them. I'm like, hey, that's great. How do you collect it? We don't. And I'm like, well, <laughs> how can it be that important to you? You know, so I think if you can, so first and foremost, to get that, how do we want to generate more positive reviews? How do we want to generate more reviews in general? I think if you are uh, involving the customer right at the beginning of the journey in terms of your customer feedback, explain to them that every single customer that goes through this process will be asked for feedback at the end. And we want to get your feedback at that end of that journey. You start to sow the seed. You also need to hit them at a particular point within a journey or what we said before, we multiple points of, of a journey uh, that people want to be, uh, that, that you'll want to collect feedback from, you know, um, too many times I see it when, when people say, okay, uh, we, we pounded over the keys and then we send them a link to go and complete a Google review or an Estes review or wherever that they're completing it. And I'm like, why are you doing that? And they're like, well, that's, that's when the transaction is finished. And I was like, yeah. And what's your customer doing? And they're like, well, they're just moving house. And I was like, yeah. And now they're unpacking boxes for the next three days and doing everything else. And they don't have home internet because they've just, yeah. you know, and if they live in a rural location, I know 4G is pretty good these days, but over the last five years, it hasn't always been. You know, some people you you might you, you might, might move somewhere, and all of a sudden, you can only get 3G or less in in your house, and and those links are going to take two or three minutes to open. No one's going to leave you a review. You know, so it's about finding the time as to what is that that, that kind of sweet spot. Exchange is often a, a particular hot point for people that they want to collect feedback um, because kind of it's it can often be a bit of a point of elation within that customer journey and it can be a point in which people are you know potentially very happy that they're actually now now going to be moving and there's a potential moving date that's going to be given to them etc you know, etc cetera, et cetera kind of thing but again just to reiterate just introduce it explain to people that you really want to get feedback and actually tell them that the review's coming even when you're going to send it because too many times i see it that they go we've exchanged Oh, well, we've, we've set up an API and it just gets sent out automatically. I'm like, right, okay. And does the customer know it's coming? No. Then you're going to massively reduce the amount of reviews that you're going to get, which in turn means that less reviews means that you've got less data. It means that there's less customers. You know, when I speak to people, the average number of converted customers into a review from their total customer base is about 5%. And I'm like, so 95% of your happy customers just leave your business and go, yeah, they, they were brilliant. 
and then they just chat about it internally mm. in, indoors and the world doesn't know about it. And it, is, that, is that the sort of level that you see normally then, just 5% converting to a review? If, if people are attempting to do reviews themselves, then typically, yeah, it's about five, maybe 10 at a push. Um, if they're using a third-party program uh, in, in some other form, um, without name, naming names like us or any other uh, third-party review platform, then it can be higher. There are a lot of challenges that, that come with things like, like Google, uh, reviews, obviously Google kind of being the, the mecca of all review platforms and obviously something that, that we help agents to, uh, to to generate more reviews from than if they do it directly. But um, the interesting thing is, is that, you know, I just think that too many, too many people try and do things themselves on the basis that it's free, on the basis that, you know, uh, reviews is it can be a bit of a tick box exercise for, for some agents of going yeah we've done that we, we've sent a link out oh no one completes it oh well we tried and you're just like man you just it's just such a missed opportunity you know again coming back to one of the things we we're saying earlier about people expect to be able to read reviews and when you've got you know i was talking to an agent recently who they've been oh, we, we've been trying to collect google reviews for five years they've got 13 in five years the, the, the rating was okay the, the rating was was kind of you know north of 4.5 and then it's like yeah no, no no one completes it we still sent out but no one completes it and i was like have you not thought about trying to change that process Nah, just we we, we just assumed that, that no one completed google is like well, why is everyone else yeah you know, why have other agents got over 100 google reviews you know people just, i think it i think it's a really good point ben and actually it goes back to what you said before, whenever you've got any process within the business to get feedback on all of those is going to only going to help us, us improve. And um, I'm really conscious of time. You said we have half an hour and you've got builders and I'm expecting to hear some banging any minute. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just wrap with a, a final question, just moving on from, from reviews for a minute. Um, always interesting when we when we speak to suppliers who speak to a lot of agents to find out sort of the state of the market. So what are you hearing um, from the agents that you speak to about the market at the moment and sort of any predictions for the next six, 12 months? Yeah. Um, so obviously we've, we've kind of come out the end of a, a, an extremely busy period, arguably the busiest period that will possibly be ever known uh, in, our, in our generation. Um, and I think that now there's a lot of agents, some agents are saying that they've sold all their stock and they have nothing to sell. Um, some, which is a whole nother conversation there. Um, but some agents are kind of saying, yeah, it's really slowing down. The number of, um, you know, valuation requests are coming in. Blah, blah, blah. However, there's still a high demand for, um, for, for buyers for, with every, every property, you know, there's still 25 buyers for every single property that, that's kind of coming to the market. So it's, it's still buoyant um, in terms of buyer activity, but seller activity is, uh, is, is a bit, bit lower. But I think that's probably a reflection of the fact that there's still 25 buyers for every property. You know, if, if that's the situation you've got, then there needs to be yeah, potentially two or three times the amount of stock that the people are currently holding, irrespective of whether that's five properties or, or, or 30 properties, you know? Agreed. Um, it, I think from the people that we sort of speak to every single week, um, it, it is similar. Like um, I've got a training session on this morning where I'm speaking to a group of agents about this market now being about opportunity maximization. You know, there's probably... Uh, if there is less, there's less, but there are, there are still enough opportunities out there for the best agents to really thrive. Um, but things aren't sort of happening and turning over the way they have been over the last 18 months. And I think it's, it's a great market now for great agents, whereas it's been a great market for all agents for the last year, yep. um, which is only a good thing for the people that are listening to this show and the people that we have on this show every single week. So uh, ben, that was cool. I'm sorry that we took four minutes additional of your time. That's, that's, that's probably cost you a hundred quid in builder fees. Um, but Mark and I and everyone listening is really grateful for you joining us um, and for running no, us through not just you know what makes a, a great review, but actually how, if you ask yourself that question, how's it going to help my customer? That really can direct all the good stuff in building a really world-class business. So thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on.
A massive thank you once again to Ben Marley from the Esthers for joining us um, today. I said in the intro that we're going to review. Um, that's not the right word, but I think I've got reviews etched into my mind um, to, to, today. And I think we just need to maybe analyse asking that world-class agency question at the start. Tom, I think it's been a really good move because it, it just starts the conversation and then we can go off from there. And Ben's answer to that about thinking like a consumer and agents who put consumers at the forefront of what they're trying to achieve will inevitably achieve world-class performance. I think that's a, that's a fabulous point. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I, I've been struggling since Ben mentioned that to like go back through the like two years of podcast notes to, to figure out who it was. And I think it might've been John Paul, but he, somebody, and I, I forgive me if I misquoted, talks about saying, if what then uh, sorry if that then what you know and it's actually Ben's is exactly the same but he's added some sort of credence to the what so if we do x how's that going to help our customers and actually regardless of what you do if at the end of every question you ask yourself or potential decision you're going to make in the business you then tack on to the end how's that going to help our customers it'd be very very difficult to get too far off course you know and actually yeah. this is something I'm going to be talking about we, we do our weekly sort of internal training session on a Wednesday morning and it's uh, strategically timed because I actually do try and learn something from these podcasts as much as we do interview people and everything like that and that's the one thing that we're going to focus on tomorrow is when we're making decisions in our own business how is that going to help our customers because if it isn't and it helps us even if it's 5149 then there's going to be friction in being able to roll that out you know and actually it won't be the best decision for our customer, which means it's probably not the best decision for our business. And so if anyone's listening to this now, it's just a fantastic question that's going to help align your compass, you know, and actually to go back on that point, it is a really solid way. You're seeing a listing presentation. What makes you different? Well, every decision that I make, I always ask myself, how's this going to affect my clients? You know, and every decision we make, we need to say, how's this going to affect the timing of the property? How's this going to affect your situation? So it's really important. You know, um, and I think such a simple, well-articulated question that you can ask yourself and one that clearly, you know, Ben just rolls out across everything they do with the Estes, but also rolls out to every customer they speak to and is probably helping agents change their businesses along the way. Yeah, and I think it was interesting when he said that, the question that he gets posed by a business as, as a supplier from the agencies, how is this going to help? The business and he said well actually what you need to be thinking about is how is it going to help your consumer and mm. as he said some people nod and they think some people get it and some people don't um but that's the world that we live in now if you if you were able to um develop processing systems with the consumer in mind inevitably that will help your business that's a byproduct rather than you know the driving force behind um what you should do and as you said i think he articulated that really well um what i another thing that i really liked was when he talked about the reviews at different parts of the process. Mm. Um, and you know, it's all well and good asking when, when's the best time to ask for a great review. And the first time he, he answered that, he said he was going to swerve it like a politician, but they actually, there's, there's um, something in asking it, asking for feedback at different stage. And I absolutely agree. Um, consumers expect to be able to give feedback. But a process that is, as he says, can be as long as 12 months, probably even longer for some clients. We need to know as agents feedback on each part of that process. And I think that's something that I've taken from today that we will maybe try and implement is how can we get feedback on you know, the pre-marketing process, the early days of marketing, the offer negotiation, um, the sales chasing side of things, because actually it might help us to highlight areas in the business where maybe we do drop the ball slightly so that we can then, um, you know, fix that. Yeah. And I, I really liked thinking of it. So for me, if I hear the word review, a review is exactly that you are looking back at the end of something as to how it went, what went on, everything like that. We do a sort of uh, annual review of, our culture, we do a custom service review, we do a senior management review every single year. And actually, we do it at the end of the year and we review that whole year. But what we do as well is we're always asking for feedback. You know, did you get what you wanted out of today's session or whatever it is? What do you hope to yep. achieve out of today's meeting? Did you get what you wanted? Those two questions should bookend almost every conversation you have, internal or external. 
But by thinking about and positioning it as feedback, you get you give yourself permission to ask, you know, two weeks in, if you've not had an offer, how do you think it's going? You know, mm. that's a review of the last two weeks, you know, um, and then putting it in. I, I really, I, I'm going to keep harping on about this service calendar. It's something we've implemented and it works really well. And I think it's something that agents have to, to do as well because you're just teeing up all of these expectations, all of these communication points along the way. And you might have a two-week feedback, two-week review, right? And all these little mini reviews that you can give them at the end. Here's your two-week review. Here's your four-week review. Here's your six-weeks review. And then it's like, can you leave us a Google review or an SS review or whatever it is at the end of it? Yeah. And so they go, yeah, that's been really good. I can see all the reviews. I'll happily just... You make it easy for them to give you five stars and to move on from there. And it is that, I think Ben mentioned it. It's like, it's just sense check. It's how we're getting on. You know, how do you feel things are going? It doesn't have to be so formal and so final. Um, and that, if there's one thing that everybody takes away from today, start doing that today because it doesn't cost you anything. And it's a way of upping the level of communication with, with, with your clients because actually that's more important than ever. Interesting fact. So over the last eight weeks, there's been more on market uh, properties prospected through home search than it has been all year. Really? So when we talk about, and Ben sort of spoke about the market of people are saying they're a bit worried about their stock levels and everything like that. And the obvious thing to do is attack that low hanging fruit instead of mm -hmm. service a database, ask more questions of people, get to like actually qualify the people that you already have inquiry for. It's just, let's just go and smash our competitive stock and see if we can't go and get that on there. So to be asking how are we getting on to be sense checking some feedback every few weeks or every week, if you really want to do that is the best way to protect yourself against these other agents trying to come out that low hanging fruit. Um, I just think it, it makes complete sense from a, not just from a winning the business at a great fee and delivering on a great service until you get a good result. It's protecting you from anyone else out there coming at you. Um, and that's probably one thing that we might talk about over the next few weeks as well is, making sure that once you've won that business, you know, we were saying with Ben, this market is about you opportunity protect. maximization. You've got to win as much as you can get and you've got to protect it along the way. If it's going to take four weeks instead of one week to get a result, you've got to make sure that everything is done as best you can and set up. Um, and that actually talking about timing as well. And this is probably one of the more interesting points um, that Ben sort of made. He said, one, people expect to leave feedback, which yeah. I didn't actually, I, don't, I still don't know if I agree with that actually, because I'm not sure if, if, if I expect to leave feedback when I, I bought a new pair of golf shoes uh, last week, right? First ever pair Getting of golf shoes. Getting a lot of use for the moment, aren't they? Getting a lot of use. Well, I've been walking around in trainers and it's now dewy grass, we're coming into the bog, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to blame how bad I am at golf on the fact <laughs> that I just lose my footing every time I take a shot. Turns out it's not the case. Um, but I, and maybe it's just, I haven't looked into that, the email that I used for all Amazon stuff, but I haven't been asked for review. So I don't know if people do expect them, but actually you can set those expectations up, you know? So in that listing presentation, you outline how that campaign is going to go. And you say like, what I want to do at the end is make sure that we have excellent feedback, not just from you on our service, but from everybody that we bring through your home and the eventual person that we negotiate the best price on. So let's tee up how we get there. Um, and then the point on timing, like you've moved house, I've moved house. Everyone listening to this has definitely moved house at least once in their life. It sucks. Yeah. Asking for yeah. a review when you hand over those keys is literally the worst time. And actually something that's not spoken about enough is more often than not, when people turn that key in their brand new property for the first time, they walk in, they're like, well, oh, there's dirt on the walls. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or absolutely. like the water pressure's a bit shit, or maybe it's been a couple of months because it's been vacant or whatever, and the boiler's lost its pressure. And so actually, there's a bit of like not buyer's remorse, but <laughs> the reality of owning a home is stark sometimes because you've got to pay for everything, particularly if it's broken. Yeah. You know, the grass out the back garden has probably not been mowed in a few weeks. And <laughs> yeah, so and then you get the blame of that. You don't get the blame, but it lessens that experience. Whereas you know, yeah. Ben made a perfect point at exchange. You're elated. Yes, we've exchanged in a, in like the yeah. hottest market of all time. We bought a price. Yeah. We bought a property for a price that maybe stung us a little bit, but we had to beat out three or four other people. And now it's actually ours. That is 
prime time to go and get yourself yeah. a little five starry that you can like smash out to the rest of your database. Yeah. And I think the other important thing that Ben said with that, dead simple, tell the client that the review request is coming. How straightforward yeah. is that? How many agents actually um, do that? Uh, but just a final point, just to go back to um, just double down on that customer journey feedback program and how we can also be commercial whilst thinking like a consumer. If you have that conversation with your client at market appraisal that we, val- we really value feedback, we want you to provide feedback, not just on the whole process, but actually each individual part, you set the expectation and actually you're demonstrating that you do think like a consumer, that you care what the consumer thinks, and that can only help improve your process and inc- improve the experience for that client that you're sat across from. I think so as well. And, and you could even take it a step further. And, and I'm literally thinking on the fly here, so this could be anything, but use, use a, a feedback opportunity as a close. So mm-hmm. imagine you leave the valuation you know, and you haven't got the paperwork signed, but either way, regardless, you say to them, I'm just going to email you a feedback form because we do this for everyone that we meet, regardless of whether they're going to engage with us or not. And one of the questions on there is, do you plan to go ahead with Mark Worrell from Moving Works? You know? Yeah. And if, if you get a yes, you've got the gig, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you get a no or if you get an undecided, then, and you'd be saying to them, I'd really appreciate if you took the time to fill it in as soon as possible because it is, you know, fresh in your mind. And one, landmine for your competitors. Two, hopefully you'll learn, yes, you've won the business. Or two, if it's a no, you'll ask why. And it's really important feedback. Or it's undecided, you know that you're in with a shot and you've got to really do some very articulate, you know, constructive follow-up ASAP to make that undecided go to a yes. And I think there is a real opportunity for that as well. Same thing with, you know, one thing agents are really good at is getting feedback from buyers. You know, do you want to buy it? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? The road was too noisy. So you're already in that process. Why aren't we doing that for sellers and landlords as well as an additional service offering, as a way of improving your business? You know? Yeah, and I'm going to improve your idea for a feedback form, actually, and I've just written it down. This will be something that I'll be talking about in half an hour. I've got two minutes before your training starts. I'm going to be dead quick. But... um, feedback calls rather than a feedback form so something that we've done as a business that's been really effective and like loads of things fallen out the habit of doing get somebody else to do a feedback call on your behalf the very next day and then ask that question at the end that's an even better way of of doing it and it just demonstrates that actually feedback is really important to you as a business i love that um 100 percent like that should be absolutely non-negotiable for everyone listening to this podcast. You will have somebody in your business who can call your valuations from the day before and get that feedback from them. That's yeah, magic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So anyone that listens to the full podcast gets that little um, juicy bonus. As you know, we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it um, get better and improve. If you do indeed like what you hear, please drop us a review, maybe some feedback on how the process is. If you like the intro, let us know. If you don't, um, then, then let us know as well. Um, a massive thank you once again to Ben Marley for joining us. I'm Mark Worrell. He's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much. We will see you.